That Guy's House presents 22 Minutes of Transformation with Sean and Karen. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of 22 Minutes of Transformation. We're here every Monday asking and answering what we believe to be some of life's most transformational questions. I'm Sean Patrick, and as always, I'm here with... Karen Mills Alston. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always great to gather here on a Monday to ask and answer a question. Karen, how have you been this week? Oh, I've been wonderful. You know, we just had some rain here. The sun is out. It's it's just beautiful. And it reminds me that um, it's a reflection of life, right? There can be yeah. some darkness and the darkness allows us to grow and to expand. And when we do, there's this birth that happens. So yes. the sun comes up. It's just a reminder that um, I this this is a new day, a new moment, and I get to be in it, live from this place of absolute joy. Yes, I love every day, begin again. Every day, begin again. It's just yes. this gorgeous, gorgeous, continuous cycle that we get. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is episode four. Four is my lucky number, but I know that I don't feel lucky with the question we're about to answer this week. It definitely, <laughs> it definitely hit a nerve when you popped it in my inbox at some point, saying, "This is what we're. This is the question we're going to be answering on Monday." Yeah. So uh, yeah. So let me hand right over to your wonderful genius, which which downloads what what it is we need to speak about, but this one's a trigger. Yes, good. And we want it to because triggering means that there's something in us that needs to be, if we're willing to choose forgiveness, forgiveness to be revealed as something else. It's, It's the contrast that we need to grow and expand in our lives. So this is good. Here's the question. As we begin again, what do you say about others behind closed doors? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this I think this question is so powerful because it, um, you know, there's this um, uh, there's this way that we can show up as being kind and lovely and wonderful to individuals that we're around. And then when we get into our homes, we may talk about them. We may say some things that are very unkind. Uh, And so we want to, and this is my practice, I want to show up in my life the way that I show up in my home. So there's no contrast. I want to show up as free and clear and transparent moment to moment all the time, that there's no distinction with um, whoever I'm with. It's um, someone, even if it's someone that I may not be, I may not have some loving feelings about, I get to somehow Uh, be able to work through those loving feelings. And I might say to somebody, um, I, you know, I'm, something's coming up with me when I'm around you and to have that kind of a hard conversation. The other thing is, is that, you know, the United States has just gone through this 
you know, we've talked about being, beginning again, this new birth and everything. So we're transitioning now from a former administration to this that was very exclusive to this new administration that is very inclusive. So as we are including everybody, are we, what are we saying about them? What words are we using to describe them? This is a whole, this is a whole leap in consciousness that we get to be aware of. So I'm going to hand it over to you. What came up? Well, what came up for me was the uncomfortable having to think about the things I say about people in the privacy of my own home, which aren't all that loving or friendly or, yeah. And that doesn't feel good. I mean, I guess I know that is not my, that's not my ultimate best, most connected self. And yeah. And I definitely know. And even like of recent times, if I'm triggered or if I'm worried about something or if I'm not trusting in the process, I, and even if I'm not saying it out loud, I can get really nasty in my own head. Like it's, it's attack, attack, vicious. And I think I'm, I think so many of us are far. I think this is just maybe built into people. We're far enough along. We're far enough evolved to keep a lot of that to ourselves, not if you watch some reality TV, it's all put out there. But if you're in a civilized world, you keep a lot of a lot of it to yourself. But I mean, I, I'm going to, I guess I want to transition this question to what are you saying about others, but also, you know, just your thoughts can be just as powerful. So what yes. really triggered me was the knowingness that if I feel backed into a corner or if I feel vulnerable or if I feel unsafe... Uh, I can get really nasty with my thoughts and words. Yes, yes. And, you know, this is a practice to, and the pra- the process is, is to move through those thoughts, uh, those, those emotions, let them go, release them. Uh, because when we have those thoughts about other people, we, uh, we're, those thoughts can be about ourselves because, you know, there's this whole concept that I am what thou art, art what I am. We are one. So that which I accept about myself, affirm about myself, I accept and affirm about others. So the whole idea is, is that we get to eventually get to a place where we're having high conversations about other people. Now, as human beings, we have to process things. So how are we processing things? Because otherwise, we're attacking ourselves. We're turning those, um, even when we're not saying anything um, and not releasing them, we're turning those thoughts on ourselves, on our body temple, and it's not good for us. So therefore, it's not good for anybody. Absolutely. And my lesson of the year so far, and I hope it continues to be a lesson of a lifetime, I just want to get it, is compassion. You know, I definitely, the if you wanted to dissolve, like what I was saying before, like where I'm nasty in my thoughts and words, Mm -hmm. if you want to put that to a stop right there and then, what you do is you douse it in compassion. That's right. I, I don't necessarily always know how you do that, but I know it works every single time if i can get to the point where i can 
understand, be compassionate, be empathetic for that person who's causing me so much pain, anxiety, stress, you, you name it, anger. But actually, if you can get to a place where you can actually see the the holiness in them, the inner child in them, their own triggers and worries that are maybe causing them to act that way, which are causing them to act that way, to be in a place of compassion and understanding will stop in its tracks the the nasty, the nasty things that are going to come out of your, your mouth. Yes. So that loving and compassion, we have to have it for ourselves first. Yes. So that we can have it for others. So that's a, a practice I've been using recently. I give myself permission to be loving and compassionate. It is so interesting that you use that word. You know, to be loving and compassionate is really... Um, is really important. And I want to read to you, I think I have it here, um, what compassion is. This is Michael Bernard Beckwith says this. So we know what loving is to love someone, to be, but to be compassionate, he says, is the highest form of love where we, where there is an understanding of the lack of understanding. So we are understanding that we don't understand and we're going to be loving anyway. That is, that is so powerful. The understanding of the lack of understanding and you say, let's do it anyway. Cause when it comes to compassion, there's another word you got to throw in there. And that is radical. If you want to practice compassion in your life, you have to be radical about it because it's not going to make sense. It's not going to fit. There's something that, that you say about be loving for no reason or be loving because you can. I, I, I don't quite yes. know. Yes. But yeah, yes. if you if you are going to implement compassion into your life, be prepared that it has to be radical, one, towards yourself and mm-hmm. two, towards other people because your human brain, it's never going to make sense. There's no such thing as a little compassion. You've got to right. be out on a limb. You've got to be out on a limb with it and for yourself. I really love, I really love that you said that because I'm, I'm here now, obviously, going through. I'm getting my healing through you today, Karen. Thank you so much. But I'm going through this question that triggered me to say, gosh, I'm really understanding all the ways in which I can be so nasty in my thoughts and words about other people sometimes. But I can also be just as nasty about my thoughts and my words about myself. Yes, yes. And, you know, one of the phrases that I use is forgive them, they know not what they do. Forgive them, they know not what they do. And for me, that le- allows me to take a breath and it, mm-hmm. and it allows me to remember that this individual that has triggered me or me within myself where I want to reveal something else, I, they're they're not doing i'm not doing we're not doing anything on purpose they don't know any better i don't know any better forgive them they know not what they do that's a powerful statement and and i'm not saying that in a religious Mm -hmm. um, place i'm saying that in a practice i'm going to forgive you you know if, if you you know the saying if they knew better they would do better yeah. And that's also, yeah. And once again, directing that back to yourself, I forgive me. I know not what I do. Mm-hmm. It's coming to this place of, 
I'm gosh, me, you and I have spoken about this so many times when we're together, but you know, the world is this playground full of wonderful things and also th- full of a lot of dark things. And yes. you can get lost in it either way. But when you actually kind of drop your ego, not kind of, when you drop your ego and come back down to we're all just people doing what we can in this unnerving experience of life then a lot of understanding can be found. A lot of understanding can be found. Yes, 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 yes. So um, I have been practicing for the last couple of weeks now this whole whole idea of being loving and compassionate with myself. I did it a couple of times this weekend, and it has allowed me to really, I love this idea of being lovingly compassionate or um, radically compassionate, radically loving, because it pushes me. Mm. It allows me to love and be compassionate with my arms wide open. I, I had decided that I was going to do something today. And I thought, oh, I don't need to do that. It's not necessary. And I ended up doing it and um, really was very generous in what I was doing. And it meant so much to this person. I mean, it really did. And yep. what it gave my, me permission to do is to continue doing it more and more and more. Uh, there was a radio psychologist in Los Angeles years ago. Her name was Dr. Tony Grant. And I used to listen to her. And she said, and I think this is so lovely that we're here on this earth plane to make people happy. That's mm-hmm. why we're here to put smiles on their faces. Now we, we may not intentionally do that, but how wonderful that is. So to be loving and compassionate for ourselves, we, that joy, that happiness emerges when we do it for other people, the same thing happens. And it reminds me that we get to treat people the way that we want to be treated. You know, that reminds me of the final episode of Mork and Mindy, where the <laughs> the Robin Williams character is speaking to the god. I've I've only seen clips of the show. It was a little bit it was a little bit before my time. Yeah. But yes. I do but I know the clip because I've watched it over and over again. I have it saved in my phone where, you know, this is it God he goes to speak to? I don't know. But anyway, it, the, this presence says to him you know did you achieve the meaning of life or something along that anyway what he comes down to saying is what i know is i made a few people happier than before i arrived and because of that job well done and i play that clip over and over again because he's like i don't know about the complexities of the universe or the human brain or psychology but i do know my presence on the world was that of making people happy and that's that's all I need to know. Yeah, that's gorgeous. That's it really, really is. I'll make sure you get that clip. Yes, please. I wasn't a Mork and Man- Mindy fan, so I I don't really know. It was on when I was alive <laughs> in my lifetime, as opposed to you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to this question. What do you say about others behind closed doors? So remember, we talked about a practice. We talked about because usually. If we're talking about somebody and it's not kind and lovely, it 
there's an opportunity to forgive ourselves. We don't know. We're, we're using these words. We're having these thoughts about um, other people. Um, so we, we want to be reminded about the thoughts and words and awareness that we're saying about ourselves and about other people. We've talked about what we say to ourselves about ourselves. Now we're opening this up wider and we're including other people. And then we want to be very conscious about conversations that we're having with other people behind closed doors. Are we, are those conversations, conversations that where we're just venting? If we're just venting, then let's give ourselves permission to vent. And then we get to remember to say, okay, we've got this. We're going to make some shifts here. We're going to use different words. We're going to show up higher. We're going to practice high speak, all those wonderful things. You know, I wanted to ask you about that. What's the difference in processing and venting? Because I know we're not telling anybody not to process how they feel. But what is the difference in processing and just venting? Well, just venting, we just we just let stuff out and which is great. But usually when we vent, we vented with somebody else mm-hmm. and then they take that information and then they say, you know, I was just with Sean. Do you know what he said about you? Mm-hmm. So processing that happens. Yeah. Yes, it does. So the processing, maybe we're doing it on our own. Usually it does. For me, we're okay. doing it on our own. Um and the process, and, and we can process with another person. And there's an agreement that we are, we've changed our behavior. That's yeah. the process. So we can change our thoughts or our words, how we show up. Uh, that's what that is all about. And when for you does it become gossip? Oh, when we're sharing it with somebody else. When yeah. I'm sharing it with somebody else. And you know, the story of me gossiping, I used to be a gossip queen, maybe um, before I came to Agape. Um, so that was now 18 years ago. I would go, to, I was in all these organizations. I, there's one organization we would meet and I would get home and my phone would ring and I would spend an hour with somebody talking about so many people. So I stopped doing that and I yeah. had to, Stop it in the track in my tracks, and guess what happened? I no longer got those phone calls because yeah. people wanted me to share this venom. And well, you know what happened? They would take that conversation and they would call somebody else, or maybe I would call somebody else. Don't do that uh, anymore. I can't. Absolutely. I mean, I think back to being in university and college and. I mean, I was at drama school, so we were big on gossip. And I do remember the day I realized, I was like, Sean, you realize if you're talking about this many people behind their back, you are equally being talked about behind that many. Yeah. And that for me was just because I do think we have this delusion about people aren't gossiping about us. If you're gossiping about someone, someone is gossiping about you. And hey, if, if you're cool with that, then be cool with that. But also, I mean, I want to make sure we get this point across before we wrap up is to give up the gossip, to give up the continuous venting, to give up the the mean, nasty venom 
what is the payoff? I, and, I, and I know there is one. We've both experienced it in our lives. But how would you articulate the payoff in, in being mindful about what you say behind people's backs, stop gossiping, and to only vent under like a one-off, you know, need to process um, time frame? Yes, on our own. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the payoff is that we get to be high in joy, in love, and peace. That's what we get to talk about. Um, And remember, everything begets more of the same. So if we're in that high vibration of love and joy and peace and harmonizing good, that is what is reflected in our lives. If we're in a lower vibration of human gossiping, then that's what gets to be reflected. There's nothing, and, and it becomes the uh, the way that we are living our lives in that uh, in that lower vibration, and that's what comes to us. So when words come out of our mouths, when we have thoughts and words and actions that are beautiful and lovely and brilliant and and infinite possibilities, that we put our attention there that becomes what our life begins to reflect. And I, and that's where I want to live and move and have my beingness right yeah. there. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I, I really, I, I, I loved that our conversations come here where it is about that's where I want to live in my own being, in my own spirit, in my own head. And one yeah. thing we can know for sure is gossiping, venom, you know, attack thoughts, attack words. There's no peace there. There's no, like, someone, I know if someone's calling me and they're gossiping or someone's calling me and they're just tearing someone to shreds, that's not peaceful for that person. And also that you're not bringing peace into my life either. And Mm -hmm. I do, I, I do hold the space for myself and for other people to process but yeah, sometimes it just, yeah, not sometimes after a pro after it's processed, it just falls into gossip, being mean, being unhelpful, being unbeneficial, and it doesn't serve anything. And I need to just, I really want to make sure this gets said is one is you can make a decision right now to stop doing it yourself and it'll be a process and it'll be a learning, but you, yes. it's, I've, I've also come to find it's a habit you, I found it was a habit I could shake quite easily. But the second thing, which wasn't as easy to shake, was how to stop people continuing to come to me to have them conversations, them thoughts, that gossip. So, um, yeah, yeah, you you don't want to be responsible for it. And anyway, I used to have this friend who'd call me up and I'd sometimes look down on my phone and we'd be just on for like two hours whilst I listened to her tear everybody to shreds. And it doesn't, gosh, you could do anything with two hours. I could, yeah, you could do so many things. So, so the idea is, is to stop listening. The idea is to um, say, you know what, let's talk about something else. And that's what I move through. And there are some people who didn't want to talk about any, anybody else or anything else. They didn't want to talk about, um, you know, something joy filled. They wanted to continue in that gossip realm. And I'm telling you, uh, there was a, a, a bleakness <laughs> in terms of my phone ringing because it actually stopped 
ringing. And I was so grateful. And now there are people do not bring me things like this, you know, unless we're having a practitioner therapist session or something like that. And we get to work through uh, a higher way of living, but to, for somebody to call me up and to say, yada, 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 I get to say, you know, um, I'm going to leave that with you. I have something else to do. I'll talk to you later. Just that simple. Yeah. And it's a habit that gets to be uh, nulled and voided. <laughs> that That is a powerful way to be. And I, I extend that to everybody. If I may, I assume the practice we are passing over this week is stop it. <laughs> yeah. Is that a simple? Yeah. yeah. Yes. First of all, to be aware that it's happening. Mm-hmm. As awareness becomes a willingness. If you're not aware, you continue with, we continue with the, with the behavior. I became aware and then I became willing to stop it. Gosh, we definitely need, need a part two on this one. Cause I'm already thinking of so many ways that I have learned to have them conversations where I bring a so if someone's coming to me and, you know, they're tearing someone to shreds and, and, you know, oftentimes it's someone who I don't care all that much for either, but to be able to say, you know, I've had both good and bad experiences with that person, like to be able to have some rationale in your head is just a much more loving, compassionate, compassionate way to be. So this becomes a part two. Let's make this part two for next, for next week. Okay. Mm-hmm.